Last time... Our heroes meet the dragonborn people of the ancient dwarven city. They agree to help the people if it means that they will be able to help Galaxy Mimi and Dave get back home. The gang helps by hunting down a basilisk that has been causing problems with the people's pigs. Returning the basilisk's body to the villagers, they encounter a younger version of their friend, Jed. What do you get if you cross a pig with a dinosaur? Jurassic Pork! Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters! Welcome, everyone, to another delicious episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. And nutritious. And nutritious. Yes. It's uh, I'm bacon tonight. It's uh, recommended for a balanced, balanced podcasting diet. I am Kurt, Daddy the Dungeon Master, and to my left we have... Sam. Who plays... Mimi. The Elf Druid, and to your left we have... Don't say my name, Bertie... Galaxy, the elf wizard. Thank you. And to your left, we have... We have Aaron joining us again. Everybody's favorite half... Hep-hep-poo. Favorite halfling cleric? Yes. Surfer boy. Playing Dave. Surfer boy. Dave, surfer boy, Deb. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Should we play D&D? Okay. Girls. Do you remember what happened? Oh, wait. Dang it. We can't play D&D yet. When um, I got to do... One housekeeping item. We got a new five-star review on iTunes from folks. And I just want to take a moment to say thanks to everybody that continues to listen to us and download our show. I know that we don't release episodes on as a regular basis as other shows do, but that's because real life gets in the way. The girls have school, and um, I want to keep this fun for them and not turn it into a job. So we sit down, and we play, and we have fun, and we record it. We hope everyone has fun listening and continues to listen so thank you for your patience and, and sticking with us and uh hope you have a great time in listening to the story and adventures that we do and we hope you had a good summer oh and a last night my dad told me keep in touch okay so the five-star review that we got uh titled sword coast surfing by mr toasty This podcast rolls a natural 20 on charm, entertainment, and creativity. I find myself enjoying every session and can't help but get wrapped up in this world and its characters, which are taken just seriously enough to be engaging with more than a dose of lighthearted antics to keep things fun. The only negative thing I have to say is that there just aren't enough episodes, although I'd probably say that no matter what, I applaud this show with two enthusiastic mage hands and may the chips and salsa be overflowing. Really good Thank review. you. And yes. chips and salsa must be overflowing. During downtime, that's, I'm also going thank to Thank you. That's like one of my favorite comments that someone said. But not on iTunes said. because I don't. That's like my favorite comment. <laughs> that's fine. That's my favorite comment. That was a verbal comment. one. Verbal five stars. <laughs> right there. My favorite comment. All right. So now. I forgot your name around I'm sorry. So now. Let's play. Now. Now. Let's play D&D. Wait, wait, wait. I have to use the bathroom. No, you don't. You just went. All right, so girls, last time we left off at a little bit of a cliffhanger. We always leave off at a cliffhanger. I, I try to anyway. So we we killed the basilisk and we brought it back to Grethen, who led us to the town's butcher. But it was the middle of the night. He woke up the butcher, and the butcher that answered the door was a Can I answer? yes. Young. Jed. Jed, a young Jed, seven and a half foot, very tall. He looks thinner. He looks younger than what you remembered last time seeing Jed. He's rubbing the sleep from his eyes because it's the middle of the night that uh, that Grethen had woke him up. I say to young Jed, is your name young Jed? No, is your name Jed? He says, my name is Pan Jed. Uh, how old Do you are like you? being called Jed? You can call me Jed if you like. Were you in jail at some point? He gives you a look, not comprehending the question and what you're I'm actually your getting at. From the future. 
<laughs> You're going to be in Just going to lay it out there, huh? Make sure you go to jail. He rubs his eyes again and shakes his head like he's, he's still waking up. And he... I'm your friend. And he turns to, to grief him. I went through a portal so it took me back in time. <laughs> he's, he's ignoring you at this point and he says... Come on, I'm speaking at my vocals. Greethan, <laughs> does this need to be done now? And Greta says, yes, it needs to be done right away. We need to get the basilisk's stomach out if we have any chance of making the potion to turn stone back into flesh. Stone? And Jed nods his head. He's like, all right. That's not Jed's voice. He says, all right. And he, come, he comes out. He ducks underneath the, the door a little bit because his horns would scrape the frame of the door as he goes through. And he comes out, grabs hold of the ropes of the basilisk, and he starts pulling the dead body into his house. And he says, I will have it ready by morning. And he shuts the door. What do you do? I just don't even think, and I just break down the door. <laughs> Why do you... you you're going to break down the door? Yes. Okay, roll, uh, roll a strength What's check that? for me. I'm going to kick that no, I'm going to punch the door. Okay, roll a strength check for me. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm terrible at strength. I'm very weak. So if I get... A 14, almost a natural 20 is on the same side. It's a four, wait, what's your strength modifier? Oh, no, I mean 15. You have a plus one strength modifier? You're a wizard. You have a plus one strength? Yeah. My gosh. Is that pretty good? That's, that is pretty good. But fi- So you kick the door, and it shakes and rattles inside of its frame. But it doesn't, it doesn't break down. Dang it. And that's when you hear some commotion on the other side of the door. And Jed opens up the door. And he's, Hide! And he looks at you sternly. He's like, what are you doing? Lots of cookies? It's Oreos? <laughs> and then I come out I and, she's the, and I say, she was trying to kick down your door. Why? Because I wanted, I don't know how to knock. <laughs> and I wanted to ask if you want some Oreos. <laughs> and he, he grabs the bridge of his nose and exhales deeply. He's like, look, I have a lot of work to do before Oreos morning. help. They, they make you hungry. I suggest <laughs> that you go get some sleep because I'm not going to get any because of you. Okay, goodbye. Oh, Thank oh, you. Oh, bye. Bye, Twerp. <laughs> he slams the door. Bye, baby. <laughs> bye. Bye. <sighs> Wait a minute. We could be changing the future. He might not like us then. Greethan says to you, you can, you can stay at my place tonight if you like. Yes. Yeah. Um, can I see Hathras? It's the middle of the night right now. She's sleeping. Oh, in the morning I need to. Okay. Hi. So Greethan leads you back to the farm, back to his little hut. It's, it's only like a two-room small building on the side of the mushroom farm. But there's enough room in the, the living room slash kitchen slash entryway. Slash family room slash study. Slash everything. Yeah. Great room. Slash great room. (laughs) And he clears off uh, the room a bit to to make room in the middle of the floor for you to roll your bedrolls out into. I roll my sleeping bag that has um, a little cloud sleeping on it. I'm excited to taste these mushrooms. Have we done that yet? You have not tasted the mushrooms, but uh, last time you remember them not looking very appetizing. It was one of the problems with the people here in this village right. is that they, the only food that they can grow on a regular basis is stuff that doesn't require sunlight, which is a lot of mushrooms and sure. algae and other weird sort of slimy yeah. type of stuff. So is that, it doesn't look very appetizing, but no, no one That's has fair. tried them. Okay. So you could definitely can if you want. Yeah. And there Try are lots it. of mushrooms that are in uh, Griefen's little hut. Then I mm. tell Griefen, Surfer Boy would really like to try some mushrooms that may be poisonous. I don't think I <laughs> specified <laughs> poisonous. You don't know how to speak. You don't know how to surf, I don't boy. Know how to speak? Yeah, that, that's going to make it difficult. Yeah you, yeah, you don't know how to speak draconic. <laughs> oh, that. Part. And we can yeah. only do it so. But, and, but Galaxy does know a spell that she can cast on you that lets you understand it, but mm. you still won't be able to speak it. Yeah, so you can't. It's a comprehend language. It is comprehend language. Oh, I didn't pick that. Sorry. Wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry, not comprehend languages. It's tongues. It's tongues. Tungus. tungus. I call it tungus. <laughs> yep, tungus <laughs> is the spell. It's because you're guessing what's on someone's tongue. 
right? Mm-hmm. So you tongue guess. Tongue guess. And then you have him speak um, uh, pig yeah. Latin. Yes, you have him speak pig Latin. So Grethen says, it's, if, you're, if you're hungry, there are plenty of mushrooms here. Help yourself. And he goes into the other room and shuts the door to, to sleep for the rest of the night. And then I pull out my cloud sleeping, um, um, sleeping bag. Your sleeping bag with... Sleeping clouds on top of it? No, no, yeah. I have cloud, little clouds that are sleeping on it. And then I pull up my um, face mask and they go. <laughs> you have a face mask? <laughs> the, the cloud. A cloud face mask. I had the best stuff. So I first get my PJs on. The unicorn PJs with the hood. I get my unicorn sleep mask on. I get my unicorn slippers on. I roll up my unicorn sleeping bag. Sounds like a theme. Yeah. And then I take out my unicorn pillow. No, stuff animal. And my rainbow pillow. <laughs> rainbow pillow, not a unicorn pillow. You have to write no. all that all right. down well, here. Well, I take out my oh, I do? sleeping bag yeah. with hops on it. And uh, I'm trying to think of alcohol themes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, a whiskey pillow. Whiskey pillow. Whiskey pillow. Yeah. Mash. It's made of, it's stuffed with some type of mash or whatnot they use. Okay. And, uh, yeah, my sleeping mask looks like beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I also eat three mushrooms before sleeping. Okay. Yeah. They, um, they aren't the worst things that you've ever had, but they're, they're big mushrooms. Um, and, yeah, they're fine. They're big? Yeah. So I would be very full eating three. Maybe I wouldn't well, eat three. Yeah, if you ate three, then you probably would have got your hands on some smaller ones. Okay. Then. But so, yeah, yeah so there, there's a variety of different sizes. Gotcha. They go to a regular size mushroom to some that are uh, two feet in diameter. Wow, like a loaf of bread mushroom. Yep. Hmm. The following morning, you get woken up by some movement that's coming from the other room of where Grethen seems to have been roused in the morning. And he opens the door from his bedroom and, and he comes out. And he is, he is dressed... And he sees that the three of you are awake. I'm still in my pajamas. Sure. You're still in your pajamas, yep. Yeah. I just got the steam. I'm just holding You still have your stuff. face mask on, but it's just like up, up resting on your forehead yeah, right now. Yeah, and I just yeah. <laughs> cuddling my unicorn plushies. Like, what are you doing here? Okay. So he looks at you for a second, and he looks at you from head to toe. <laughs> cocks his head a little bit, shakes it, and then says, we have to get going. It's what? I need to see Hethris. Hethris will be at the, the council meeting. I need meeting. to see her now. Hethris will be at the council meeting. Oh, I'm putting all my unicorns. And if you speak to me like that again, bag. you can sleep outside in the dark. Yes. What What's happening? It sounds you guys sound angry. Sorry, I'm just really <laughs> tired. I didn't get enough sleep. That's all right. It's understandable. Did someone take my unicorn backpack? No. <laughs> Wait, you have a unicorn backpack? Since when do you have a unicorn backpack? <laughs> Since she just wrote it down into her inventory. It sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> it does sound uncomfortable. <laughs> smells like marshmallows. It has a big unicorn on it. It smells like marshmallows? <laughs> it has the butt of a unicorn on it. <laughs> Which uh, everyone knows smells like marshmallows. <laughs> it does. And, <laughs> and it has unicorn hair on for like a little cozy. But I put all my stuff in my that was made now, Did you kill a unicorn to make this thing? Because <laughs> that would be a very bad thing because unicorns are, are, are magical no, good creatures. No, no, she, he, The unicorn was shaped. Sh- they were sh- he wanted to have a bald head, so <laughs> that, he she went to a unicorn barbershop and like just got the trimmings. <laughs> shaved it, and I took the hair and made my backpack. But what about his butt? Oh, like, <laughs> the butt um, Oh, he um, one of the unicorns died, and I just cut the butt. <laughs> Why not? And I put the butt on there. It's good cushioning when I'm sitting. It actually goes onto my butt. Well, I, I think I just came up with a new nickname for Galaxy. <laughs> butt cutter. Butt cutter. <laughs> <laughs> so Grethen leads you out of his house to the town council meeting where Hethris is going to be. And all of you are continuing to discuss... The logistics of making a unicorn backpack. And butt cutter. And how you would have to cut the butts off of unicorns 
to get a unicorn butt backpack and figuring out how to do that in a way that would not make you a morally evil person. Right. No, because it's already dead. I didn't kill it. No, that's what I mean. It's like, that's what you discuss. It's like, because you would never kill a live unicorn because they're a magical would good she? creature. Right. Would she? No. I don't think so. Uh, she's law- her, her character is lawful good. Although I'm starting to think that we should change that to chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs> There's not Possibly, a whole yeah. lot of lawful with the way that you two play your characters. So... Grethen leads you back into town, further into the very tall stone buildings that is in this old, ancient, dwarven city. You're surrounded by light that comes from the green water or the Mountain Dew. And you can see that there's a couple of more dragonborn that are coming in from other areas of the city and are moving towards this one building. And you do notice that this time, Grethen or any other dragonborn did not tell you to cover up. They didn't tell you to pull your cloaks up. And so, other dragonborn that see you as you're walking in, they're openly gaping at you as you walk into this large stone building. Mostly Dave. I told, I tell the, the guy who's like taking us there, should we put up our cloaks? If, if that would make you feel more comfortable, but it's going to come out in just a few minutes anyway, so... I put my cloak out. Okay. I just shimmy it. I want cloak. Alright. So are you trying to be inconspicuous? Do you want to try and... You know I'm saying? I'm saying to myself, I'm invisible. No one can see me. So, I'm so you're trying to be stealthy? Do you want to roll a stealth check for me? <laughs> sure. A 14. You got a 14. Okay. You're okay at it. Alright, so you put your cloak on, you hunch down a little bit, and uh, you actually start positioning yourself uh, behind Galaxy and behind Dave, which doesn't work out real well because Dave only comes up to, like, your hips. But And then also behind Grethen as well to try and best cover yourself. You're not sure if it is working that great because there are still, every now and again, someone that's still gaping in your direction, but they could be looking at Galaxy or Dave. But so far, it seems like that you're, you are less <laughs> conspicuous than your your adventuring partners. And I think I'm invisible. I think t- no one can totally... Super. Su- yeah, you su- you think you're super invisible. And so I'm just like... That would be... That would make you more conspicuous if you start dancing while you think you're invisible. I think I'm invisible, so I just got... So you're not stealthing anymore? You're actively drawing attention to yourself? Yes, I am... Okay, so you move into Greethen. Greethen brings you into the building, and there's not as many people in here as you would have expected, but that is par for the course of this town. Is that this is a an old ancient dwarven city, and anything that you've encountered with the dragonborn and the people here just isn't adding up. These are people that there's far too people to be living in in this city. Uh, the food that they have access to, they don't have access to to enough food, and it's everything just doesn't fit quite right. And even in this building that you're in, so it's a fairly large room that you're in, and you see that, uh, you see Tarhoon is standing up at, at the front with a, another silver dragon form. This other other dragonborn appears to be to be younger, and he's dressed in furs, and he has a spear in his hand. He looks very stereotypical, like a like a warrior type dragonborn. And there is a number of other dragonborn that are milling about, maybe a dozen or so, varying colors. But one thing that you do notice is that there is no red dragonborns. There are no gold dragonborns that are in the crowd, but all the other colors are represented here. Because as you found out last or last time, was that any of the red and gold dragonborns were taken by the fire giant and his dreadnoughts to work as dreadnoughts and to serve the fire, ja- the fire giants. So there's just not that many people that are here. And once you get inside, Grethen actually breaks off from you. And he goes up to the front, and he stands with Tarhoon and this other silver dragonborn. I look for Hetheris. Hetheris is in the crowd. I go sit by him. Okay. And I say, Hetheris, I'm going to talk to you about something. 
So there, there, there aren't any benches or even like um, stones or anything like that to sit on. It's like there, but there are some furs that have been laid out, some some no, rocks sit, that you can sit down on the floor. I sit on her. You sit on her? I sit by. Her. Oh, by her. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you go over by by Hethris, and when she when she sees you coming, she sort of scoots out of the way to to, to make room for the group, and she pats the the fur next to her for, for you to sit. Okay, they're about to begin. <laughs> and at the front, Tarhoon has has a wooden staff that he starts banging on the stone ground. Boom, boom, boom. And everyone quiets down, although they were kind of quiet to begin with. There wasn't a whole lot of talking going on. These dragonborn people in this particular town are not the most jovial lots. There's not a whole lot of conversation that, that was happening and not a whole lot of catching up that they feel like that they need to do with each other. So, but this causes everyone to sit down and... Tarhoon raises his hands up to address the people. And he says, My friends, we have been joined by three heroes. Hey, what, what is he saying? Hey, don't you need like one hero? He's a, just he, one. he said we're going to execute Surfer Boy today. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Do, 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 ro- roll an insight check for me. Let's see if you believe her. And actually, Galaxy, you roll a deception check. Aww. I hope I get high. Right? What did you get for your yeah, answer? 24. 24? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got three! You got three. <laughs> so Galaxy tells you that they're going to execute you. But she's like, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. All right. And then, but he believes her. But yeah, you, you can't understand anything that's being right, said up yeah, front right exactly. now. So you're I, like, oh. I would appreciate knowing what they're saying if anyone has the ability to help me with that. Sorry. I don't have... Con- I can't... I don't... I kind of... I'm, I'm all out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you. Didn't you didn't pick the tongue spell? Oh, yes, I did. But don't do it. Don't. <laughs> no, it sounds like she needs to roll deception again. <laughs> Don't I'm do not it. telling her what to roll. Yeah, though. right. That's yeah. not my Birdie, job. Don't roll it because then he will understand. Well, she, you don't have to roll anything. You just cast it. No, no. No, she was saying she doesn't have it to me. Oh, that's okay. That's why I said she, okay, yep. I was joking that she has to roll. roll another deception check, then. <laughs> I got a 17. 17? All right. Look, Dave, you want to roll another insight? All check right. to see if you believe her. <laughs> I got a 15. 15, okay. Um, but I got it. She had the spell yesterday. You know that. <laughs> but somehow you believe her. All right. That for whatever reason, since yesterday, she no longer has the spell. Okay. Well, I expect the cliff notes after this. It, it, took, it takes a lot of power for that, even though it's only a, a level one spell. Sure. I don't understand your magic. That, that yes. makes sense to me. Yeah, level one is actually the hardest. Hmm. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Another deception. Another deception check. <laughs> I got 14! I have to insight? Sure, why not? All right. Oh, I only got... I got 16. <laughs> oh. So she... Bald-faced lie. Hmm. Then maybe she's telling the truth. <laughs> then another bald-faced lie. Yeah. <laughs> and you still believe her. <laughs> maybe. It's, it's, it's up to you. It's yeah, just like, this yeah. is just the feeling that you get from... From yeah. your intuition. Right. Clearly, I'm not, I'm not going to be understanding this. So... Later, you'll have to tell me what was said. That's so, gonna execute you. I'm not lying. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so Tarhoon continues on, but because Dave can't understand, so you see a lot of. I, I want to tell this from Dave's perspective then. So you see a lot of posturing that's up there, and. Uh, Tarhoon makes some grand gestures at the three of you sitting in, in the crowd, and people start murmuring and nodding their heads and looking at each other wide-eyed. And so then I raise my hand and I say, "Can we get right ra- in Draconic? Can we get ra- Surfer Boy wants to get executed? <laughs> Can we execute Surfer Boy?" Um, do, do you want to roll a uh, roll a persuasion for me? <laughs> but uh, do it with disadvantage. And I'm just looking. Like this at Galaxy. Like, uh, 
everybody's staring at me. And then I tell Dave, she's trying to make them not execute you. For, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess for the podcast, I should say, I'm looking at her very uh, afraid and skeptical. Nope. Nope. No, no, Oh wait, natural twenty and a nine. Yeah. Okay, you picked a nine. Aww. That's what you, you picked the lower of the two. No, 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 Why no. are you constantly trying to kill Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that you two are the villains of this story, right. not the heroes. Right. I mean, well, well, could, is, there a, is there a way that someone could be lawful good but evil because they lawful they evil? Were, well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, from their perspective, they're good, right? But, that's so. true. Yeah. So, but a lawful Everybody's evil person would think that they're good exactly. from their perspective. So, yeah, they, everyone's the hero in their own like in mind. This, right? I forget what <laughs> Well, the, the scale of alignment is supposed to be objective. Yeah. yeah. So, you, someone that's lawful part? evil may think that they are good, but they're still lawful evil. Right. right. All right. So, I like I like the idea of telling the story from Dave's perspective because he has no idea what's going on because yeah. you know his friend and partner refuses to help. I'm just in any way, smiling and nodding. Yep. And unless Galaxy is speaking, then I look very worried. And <laughs> so then the the Silverborn Dragonborn that's up there with Tarhoon, he's got his his spear and he looks very stern and scowly and looking at you. And he's bangs his spear on the ground and he says some stuff to to Tarhoon, and that and Tarhoon like nods and like listens to this Silver Dragonborn for a little bit patiently, and then and then he Tarhoon motions. To someone in the back, and this is when me! nope, me! no, no. This is when when Jed walks in, carrying a old wooden box. Jed. And Jed looks. He's tired. He's like. Oh. He looks dirty, and he's got some blood on on his clothing from the butchering that he was doing during the night. I put my cloak on. But he, you put your okay. Why? Because I feel scared. Okay. All right. Or you can turn into a cute uh, bunny. From what I'm seeing no, in the I, nature of I, the other dragonborn uh, gesturing, I am actually starting to get worried and doubting whether or not <laughs> that you'll actually be executed. Right, right. <laughs> like, what is he bringing in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and so, what about the execution? So, so Jed walks in, and uh, Jed is a very tall dragonborn. He's he's almost a full head taller than anybody else in the uh. room. So it's he's he's a tall guy, so he comes forward and all the eyes are on on Jed as he walks in, and he comes up and he holds the box out to this silver dragonborn, and he looks at Jed suspiciously and at the box, but he takes the box and he opens it, and his eyes get really big, and then he looks up at the three of you, and then he runs over to Dave, and I'm cowering at this point. <laughs> and he picks you up and gives you a big bear hug. <laughs> and he says some things. <laughs> I think he's like going to crush me. I mean, it's, it's a hard you, hug yeah, too. Yeah. It's really strong. Did I say that's how you execute people? <laughs> we smother them to death. <laughs> oh, we call it the the hug of silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, but after after a moment, he he puts you down and he has. Tears of joy in his eyes, and he slaps you on the shoulder, really, really hard, but in, a, in a, an affectionate, like camaraderie right. type of way I'm that makes you like slump thrown. down a little bit each time he, right. he hits your shoulder. <laughs> and he probably has to reach pretty far down to even. Well, yeah, he's like six feet tall. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so he can reach. Yeah, he can reach down without a problem. But he's still got the box in his hand, and he stops uh, hitting you on the shoulder, and he. Holds the box up in the air and he cheers and everybody else around him cheers and as well. And then drops it. He's taller nope. than me. Then he goes back up to it and he shakes Tarhoon's hand and they seem to have find some sort of agreement between the two of them. Hmm. And that's when Greethen starts saying some words up there. So the farmer the, whose house that you stayed at last night, he starts saying some, some words that are a little quieter but... Measured. I can understand. You can understand it, but I like. I cast tongues on Dave. <laughs> now you cast no. tongues yeah. on yeah, Dave. Yeah, I didn't want to hear did, did I notice you doing that, or do I just no? no. no? So and suddenly just, I just understand them, and, you're and like, I'm like, I'm magical. Oh, I've been listening so, to this long enough. I can. <laughs> I suddenly understand draconic. <laughs> right, it's it's right. finally sinking in. <laughs> so you Ooh. would start to feel some magic 
Okay. Coming on top of you. Roll a perception check for me. Let's see if you can catch Galaxy casting this spell. Um, I've got a 13. 13? Galaxy, can you roll a stealth for me? Yeah. We'll do a contest between you two. I got a 20. Yeah. Not unnatural 20. All right, so... You don't see so, so you don't see Galaxy casting the spell, but so you're watching, trying to follow this yeah. conversation happening in this foreign language. And you feel this magic starting to settle across. Is this about the time to settle when, across. when he hits me on the shoulder? No, no, he's okay. already gone back okay. up okay. with, right, with Tarhoon. I was hoping I could infer that. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know what's going on. It's like suddenly you're, you're, you're feeling this magic come mm-hmm. over you. You can try and resist it mm-hmm. if you want to, but you have no idea where this ma- magic is coming from. And I don't from. know what the nature of it is either. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I think I'll let it be for okay. the time being, but I'm definitely on alert. Okay. <laughs> Considering all of the events and what she has said. Right. I just go in front of you and go, <laughs> No, no, you don't. No, you don't, because he would notice that. <laughs> he doesn't notice you casting the spell at him. I know, but it'd be funny just seeing him just like, what? So, so Dave, you, you feel this magic starting to come over you, and you're like, okay, let's see what happens. And you, and you let it go, and the magic settles, settles into you, and you can feel it seep into you. And then as you are listening to the conversation, all of a sudden, the words do start making sense to you. And now you can start following the conversation. You hear Grethen say to Tarhun, saying, it's great that we have these heroes here now and they have helped our fa- our friend Patron. Patron will now be able to restore his daughter back to life. But if we send them to the other side of the mountain, more than likely they will be killed. So before we we do that, I feel like that we should get some more help from them before we send them on this fool's errand. What? I think to prove their worth and value, they should take back the sunlight for us. That way we can start farming again for true under the mountain. And say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm not gonna get killed here. So Tarhun, he looks he he looks a little frazzled by this. And and he says to Grithan, Grithan, the heroes, they have they have saved they've killed the monster of the basilisk. They have saved Petrin's daughter. Do you really think that they need to prove themselves further? To help us? And Grithan says, Well, Again, if we send them on their way, even the great Gerald and his friends could not take down Zelane, the fire giant, on the other side of the mountain. If we send them over there, more than likely we will never see them again. I say before we do that, we get them to help us out with this immediate problem here, and it will further prove to us that they may be able to accomplish the mission on the other side of the mountain. That is, of course... If they are willing and they think that they are able, because it's a much smaller task compared to trying to take down a fire giant. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying that I can do this? You know what? Challenge accepted. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) And Grethen looks very pleased with himself after you say that. And Tarhoon... He crosses his arms in front of his chest. He's like, he doesn't like the way that this is going. And he, and he looks at the three of you and he's like, my friends, you you don't have to do this if you, if you don't want to. As far as I'm concerned, you've done everything that you need to do to prove your your goodness and your and your worth. But he called me I, a chicken. But I do have to admit, if you were able to do this for us, it would, it would help out our people tremendously. Even if we don't come back, you're still... It will be better. <laughs> so Tarhun, he nods. He's like, all right, it's it's agreed then. So, the three adventurers, they will get the sunlight back for us. Woohoo! And then, in return, we will send a guide with them to lead them to the other side of the mountain. Where they should be able to find some magical items in Zelane's treasure hoard. That will help them get back home. And should also help us break our chains of bondage away from the fighter giant. Wait, okay, I go, but I called Tiny Ginger and said, go to Mount Olympus and, and say to Betha, 
Do you have any more food? <laughs> Wait, is Tiny Ginger can speak? Uh, no. Okay. No. No. I'll, I'm gonna give you a note to give to Beth, to give to Doc, saying that we are in danger. Nope. You, you, there's. You have no ways of contacting Mount Olympus. However, yeah, I once can you send Tiny Ginger with a note, and then he can deliver it to. I me. feel like that would take a while. Yeah. And however. Zelane, the fire giant on the other side of the mountain, he seems to have... The, the people here are convinced that he has a lot of powerful magical artifacts and items. And they are convinced that if you can get over there and, and get into that, you should be able to find something to either help you get home and or help you communicate back with Olympus. And if there isn't? You don't know. Uh, oh, are you gonna beat him up if there, if there isn't? I could cast Zone of Truth to find out if there, if you really want it. Yes, I But that means you guys also have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> do what do you think, Galaxy? Do the spell. Do the spell. I want to see the truth. I want to tell the um, truth. You're sacrifice. my sidekick. Sidekick. Sacrifice, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about uh, sacrifice today. Yeah, I, someone's gotta die. Right, right. I am your leader. I decide who the sacrifice is. Well, but to reiterate, based off of the way that this council meeting had went with with Greethan now saying that he wants to get a little something extra out of you guys, is that they won't show you how to even get over to the other side of the mountain until you do this right. additional task. Yep, I guess we might as well get to it. And Tarhun, he looks... He looks satisfied. He looks happy. He's like, okay, there. All right, you are you are prepared. Jed, Pan Jed, will lead you to the light. Thank hmm. you, Pan. And we'll you look you on. look over at you look over at Jed, and his mouth is slightly open, and he's surprised by this. I he's, forget how old does Jed look. He looks like he's a Jed. He looks like a teenager. Okay, because it because he's. Much thinner than last time you remember seeing him. So he's like he's like all elbows and knees right now, but he's already grown to his full height and huh. he still looks very strong. It's just he has not filled out at sure. all. Okay. So but Jed looks surprised that he has now been volunteered to lead you to the light area <laughs> after he's been up all night doing this butchering and preparing <laughs> whatever you. it was that was in that, that box that he handed over to the silver dragonborn. Thank you, Jed. We support you. He's like, Are you serious? Yeah, and exactly. I give Jed five pieces of gold. He looks at the gold in his hand. He looks at you and he's like, what is this for? What if I'm you sorry ever go for out? bugging you yesterday. Here's for my sorrow. If you ever get out, you can spend something. Get a house. Hmm. Thank you. What was your name again? Mimi. Mimi. Thank you, Mimi. I'm... These may come in handy at some points, but do you have anything to eat? Um, oh yes, I'm Oreos. I what are Oreos? They're cookies. <laughs> I would love a cookie. I have a banana. I seriously do. And I love I, a banana sounds delicious. Here's a banana. <laughs> Thank you. Here, you go. So he so he takes the banana and the cookies and he sighs. He looks tired, but at least you know he's he's got some food and some new food um, that he's no. probably never had before. Like and, he, and he says, he, they are very tasty. Thank you. What about the banana? The banana is delicious. <laughs> thank sour you. sour patch kid. <laughs> and he says, follow me. It will take us a couple of hours to get to the lights at what? the center of the town. So you decide that uh, you do want your ponies, yes? Yes. Okay. So you go get tiny ginger, bacon, and amaretto. And Jed doesn't have a horse or a pony, so he's just going to have to walk on foot next hey, to you. Do you want to ride on Tiny Ginger? I he's, could walk. he's far too large for your pony. Tiny Ginger's like, <laughs> so he start. He leads you through through town, through the city. It's a city, not a town. It's a city that looked like it could have held at least a hundred thousand people at one point in time. So it's huge. It's gigantic. And as you get further into this ancient dwarven city, you start going through areas of the town that are more run down than the other areas, uh, either through tremors, earthquakes, other disasters. Some of the buildings have been collapsed. Some of the bridges and structures are just worn away with, with time. 
And so he has to take a couple of side routes around some of these structures that, that have collapsed, some of these bridges that are no longer there. And so he's not able to take a direct path to the sunlight. And that's why it takes a couple of hours to, to actually get there. And, and during the walking, Jed looks contemplative. And as he's walking, he looks back at you and says, So, how you, you know me? A long story. Um, You'll find me about trans- 10 million years. Someone like, put us through a portal thing, which led us to a snowy area, which then we uh, rode our ponies and we found, um, we found this place. We become okay. really good friends in the future. So, How did we become friends? We oh. saved you. Yes, you would have gotten killed. Saved me from what? Yeah. Um, Ponies. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fully work. So what what did you save me from? Um, being Ponies. From what? Um, these people were going to kill you because. Well, uh, I forget the reason, but. <laughs> yeah, that was about a, a year ago. <laughs> but they were going to Didn't you kill you someone for to like. It? <laughs> they were going to kill you for like um well he was he was in jail he was arrested for yeah. making uh making a ruckus and well, being you were making drunken a, and disorderly in that town you were being drunk and making a lot of noise so they sent you to jail which they were going to kill you for. Dr- drunk that I've never had alcohol in my life that doesn't sound like me do you have any alcohol on you yes i would very much like to try some Okay, I only have a couple. And now we know the source of Judd's drinking problem. (laughs) Right. Okay, open your mouth. Having to put up with us on the (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. He he stops, looks at you quizzically, and then opens his mouth. This is him. He's like, and I'm just like. And you pour the whiskey in? And then I stop it. Okay. And I say, shut Swallow. He gulps. His eyes get a little watery at first. He's like, "Oh, that's uh, oh, that's uh, that's that's not bad." <laughs> I can see why burns a little on the way down. It does actually. But it's warm now in my in my like, in it, my belly. Does it actually do that? Sometimes. Yep. That's good. He's like, but. I could I, w- I could stand to have more of that. I could see why I might partake in that a little too much. And then you get really silly and you can go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is that is what happens when you drink too much. Oh, you're and distracted it, easily. Very easily. Yeah. I don't know why. You might lose your way if you're bringing people somewhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so and cut them off on that. Oh, and Jed, in the future, where we are at, um we, a fortune teller told us that you're going to have three kids. Really? Yes. Three. That would, I would be very blessed to have three children. Why would you name them? I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. And he, he continues on walking, leading the, leading the ponies. Finally, you reach this area of where there's bright shafts of sunlight that are coming down from the ceiling. And it all shines on this large open area with huge walls built up around it. Picture a huge wide open football field, like a professional football field of where the walls go up about a hundred feet, stone walls surrounding this. And there, you can see some portcullises and windows that are in the walls around it. And there are some large doors on each of the walls entering in. But Judd leads you to the one on the southern side of this huge open stadium. It's open and there's sunlight? Did you there's, and there's sunlight that's okay. shining in it. And there's lots of vegetation hmm. that's growing. But it's, it's sort of just random vegetation. Um, yeah. So it looks like that there may be some crops and things that, that are in there. But it's been overgrown by weeds and other uh, random vegetation that have come in. But also on top of that, there also does seem to be uh, quite a bit of muck and uh, garbage. And from where you're at, you can actually see 
some skeletons and remains of animals or creatures. Mm. Is there uh, dog skeletons? Uh, roll an investigation. Are there any unicorn yeah. butts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to do an investigation to see if there's any dragons. Or, no, no, magical items. <laughs> 14. 14 for your investigation, okay. Okay, 17. And then 19. Okay, so what were you looking for? Um, if there's any magical items or there was any dragon bodies. Any dragon bodies? Okay. Unicorn bodies. So, so Galaxy, you, you move forward and you peek in through one of the doors and you do see what looks like a small rib cage of... Unicorn bites. Some canine. Some dog, some wolf. But it looks like it's is a rib cage of a, of a smaller animal that, that was killed in here. And... Mimi, from where you're at, you don't see any magical items or any like remains or anything of a dragon, but you can't go get into this area any further than the doorway because as soon as you got that far to start looking around and investigate more, Jed held out his hand, his large clawed hand, and he stops you. He says, Mimi, this is where the creature lives. We must be careful. It's called an Atiyug. How will we know it's near? Is there any tell tale? It's Does it smell bad? It ambushes its prey. That so it's be. hard to tell where it is until it attacks. What but this is what like? we need to kill. I should say, this is what you need to kill. <laughs> what does this look like? So well, actually I need you to roll. Uh, roll in, all of you roll a nature check, Ooh, and I'll see if uh, you know what an Atiyug is 17. well enough to describe what it looks like. Sorry, that was a very bad roll. I got an including my atoms. 15. Okay. So, uh, Galaxy and Dave, they know what an Atiyug is. No, I should know. It's just I wasn't I'll take think- a, I'll take a stick, and I'll just try to draw it in the mud in the mud down there. Dave and Galaxy, you know that it is so a do I, large. But I'm not thinking about it. They're describing it to you because you don't yeah. know what it is. No, I know what it is, but I no, you don't. Forgot. You forgot. You you forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, so they remind you that an, that an Atiyug is actually a three-legged three beast. It's a large creature where half of it is a mouth, a gaping hole of a mouth with. Eight inch long teeth, row after row after row. This thing wow. is an eating machine, but in, and on and around its mouth, its head is eyeless and earless, and it's got tentacles that shoot off of it, that are covered in, in claws and suction cups. But Gross. in the middle of those tentacles are its eyes and its mm. ears and its other sensory appendages. So it uses these tentacles to see and find its prey and then also to capture them and then feed its ginormous mouth with the prey that it catches in its tentacles. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? I sit. You sit down? Um, Jed looks should. at you and says, so this is what heroes from the future do. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> meditating. Okay. Uh, I have an idea. Let's use our ponies as bait. No! <laughs> no! Okay. That's out. <laughs> what, I'm what trying suggest? to meditate. I'm trying to meditate to get numb. You should be a little careful about offering up a plan of where something is bait. With these two. Okay. Because more than likely, Dave will end up being the bait. Right. right. I love my unicorn. This is my teddy bear. No. My teddy bear. No. Do you have any, uh, does anybody have any spells that could speak to creatures? Uh huh. I can speak to creatures. Maybe we could could also summon them because then you'll think it like a hologram. I'm going to turn into a dinosaur and then I'm going to cast a dinosaur. Well, you'd have to you'd have to summon dinosaur first and then turn into a dinosaur because you can't cast spells while you're in your oh, your animal shape. What spell is it again? Uh, summon summon animals, I think. What type of dinosaur do you become? An allosaurus. They big. 
Yes. Big enough a halfling could Summon ride on animals. it? Yes. Summon I totally animals. would like to do Summon that. Animals. Sorry, I don't... Is I think it's not called Summon Animals. Is it like... Um, conjure Animals? Conjure Animals, yes, that's it. Okay, um... Sure. I cast it. And then I you see me turn into a dinosaur. And my dinosaur's name is Clarence. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to hop on Clarence. No, Clarence slapped you with its tail. What? <laughs> hey, Mimi. I, I dodge it. Mimi. I punch Mimi. No, then I step on you. <laughs> you can't punch Damn. Mimi because How tall Mimi are you? is Clarence. I'm a dinosaur. Oh, you are? Yes, you're a dinosaur. <laughs> I, I want to climb onto you. I climb on top. Okay. I slap you. Where are we going with the dinosaur? What's happening? No, me and Clarence, we run out as bait. So two Allosauruses are now within your, your life. And Jed looks wide-eyed and he goes, what happened to Mimi? And then I say, in a you can't, very you can't deep talk. voice, she turned I into a dinosaur. You can't talk in your, in your <laughs> She turned into just a dinosaur. Like, <laughs> I yes. push out Clarence out as I tell Clarence in dinosaur talk, go and be bait. You will live. You are a magical creature. All right. So you send, what's your, what's your dinosaur's name again? Clarence. Clarence. All right. So you send... So you turn into an Allosaurus too, but you're going to stay at the entryway. You're not going to go in right away with him. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So you send Clarence in, and he gives a little a little chirper, and he takes off running very quickly because these are, these are fast-moving creatures. And it goes bounding into the vegetation, into the muck that's in, in this room. Not this room, inside this huge, open, lit-up area. And it, it runs about 20 feet inside. And it starts sniffing. You mean Clarence? Clarence does, yes. What did I say? You said it. <laughs> I didn't know if you were meaning about the monster no. or him. I meant, no, I meant Clarence. So Clarence starts sniffing and starts, it slows down and starts walking more carefully and its head is bobbing up and down as it's moving around. And can the three of you roll a investigation? Wait, actually, no. I want a perception check. Perception check from the three of you. Perception? Natural 16. 20. All right. Remember how I got a natural 20 climbing up a tree? So, Galaxy, you are the only one in the group that sees this, but near the Allosaurus, near Clarence, you see this tentacle that at first you just thought was like a tree branch or something until you started seeing it move. And then it slowly opens up, and you can see the razor sharp claws that outline the edges of this tentacle and you can see three orange blinking eyes in the middle of this and you see these eyes in this tentacle slowly turn and start to track Clarence as it's moving through the area. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters is a proud member of the Black Party Podcast Network. Check out our other shows such as the Dungeon Master's Block, the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, and more.